the Leadership Lessons Podcast, hosted by Pastor Daniel Williams, a podcast to encourage and equip church leaders. Brought to you by eeleaders.com. Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 18. Number 18, we're gonna talk about sermon prep today, and I'm excited for that. I love teaching the Bible, um, and many times I love talking about people, how do you prepare for a sermon? And so today I actually have an interview, but I do wanna apologize, you may have missed me. Yes, we missed a week, over two years of doing this podcast, and I missed a week. Wanna know why? Because I was busy, there was stuff going on. Uh, many times at our church, we talk about how it's supposed to be people over programs. Uh, program would be having a weekly podcast episode come out. But there is something that's happened special this last week uh, that prevented me from recording another episode, and my wife and I celebrated our 16-year anniversary. So I had a key decision. Do I take my wife out, enjoy the day, have a busy week, and not record this episode? Or do I record this episode and not have a great marriage? Clearly, you knew what I'd choose. So, love my family. I also had a time to uh, transition our church from going from Sundays to Saturdays. We also, I took Jeremiah uh, and another middle school boy in our church to a passion camp. I went to another conference and took my wife. It's just been a crazy couple of weeks from California to Washington, D.C. to, I'm finally here in my office in Delray Beach. And the amazing thing is my son is downstairs playing with neighborhood friend. It's summer schedule. So it's a little chaotic. So thank you for the grace. I hope that the Holy Spirit ministered to you as he always does in his faithful uh, last week. Uh, That's why I didn't have an episode. But today we have a great one for you. I have my friend, pastor friend Jim Gallagher, who I interviewed on sermon prep. One, because he's an amazing teacher. Uh, I usually um, have used his resource, Bible teaching. He did this incredible thing called Step by Step where he Uh, taught every book of the Bible and summed it up in one message and then also wrote about it, about sometimes four pages to eight pages PDF. Uh, And so I love being able to walk people through that little commentary. Uh, You can go to probably uh, the church where he's the senior pastor and find it. It's um, Calvary Chapel, Vero Beach. Um, And so you have to Google it or I'll put the link in the show notes for you. But I was up with him about a month ago uh, and I knew that I wanted to interview him about sermon prep um, because often it's a, it's a process that takes a lot of work that people don't see. They see the message, they see the format, the communication, but, but how do you study the Bible to tell other people about it? What about a message and communication and tips and practical things? And a really cool thing about uh, Jim Gallagher, he's not only an excellent teacher that I wanted to glean from personally, but he also has just made a resource available to uh, people that want to study the Bible and learn how to communicate the Bible. And so he's doing a video series, 15 minute uh, videos on just sermon prep. He does a whole course when he usually goes to, I think, Uganda and other Bible colleges and different things like that, teaching it. And so he actually has made a video format. I'll put the link in the show notes uh, again so you can check it out because one of the things that EE Leaders is to equip and encourage you. And uh, oftentimes we can encourage you by just pointing you to some things that can equip you. So, you know, if you're in your beginning journeys of teaching the Bible, um, or if you've been teaching the Bible for many years, you know it takes a lot of work. And so keep on doing the things that God's called you to do. Keep on studying God's Word. Uh, This is one of the primary ways that pastors feed 
the people of God, equipped them to do every good work they've been called to by giving them all of Scripture. That's good for correction, rebuke, uh, just these things that help us to live in godliness and know God's will. And so it's very important for church leaders, whether you're teaching weekly, in Sunday school, on a pulpit, uh, in Bible studies, to just how do you prepare a message? How do you share God's truth to other people? And so I'm really excited about this interview. Uh, I hope it blesses you as well. And so we'll get right into it. This is me and Pastor Jim Gallagher talking about sermon prep. Well, hey everyone, I am here with my friend Jim Gallagher. Jim, thank you so much for talking to us today about sermon prep. Uh, before we get started, Jim, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and ministry and just what's your main experience has been like? Well, um, I, uh, first of all, I'm, I'm a husband. I've been married 30 years. I'm a father. I have four grown sons that are all married, all walking with the Lord. Uh, four wonderful daughter-in-laws, and uh, I've been here uh, pastoring Calvary Chapel Vero Beach uh, for 20 years. Okay, so, awesome. Yeah. And when I think of you, Jim, I think of an amazing Bible teacher. Uh, you probably don't think about that yourself, no. but you're just Jim, but to me, you are Jim Gallagher. <laughs> so uh, you've done um, teaching through the Bible for many years, uh, been we just had a conversation about how you taught through the entire Bible, through Matthew, through Revelation. Uh, you're teaching it again. Why is Bible teaching so important to you, and how has it been so important to you in your ministry? Well, I think it comes down just to the importance the Scripture places on the Word of God as it relates to the, to the conversion of the lost and the development of the believer. Yeah. So we know that the Gospel is the power of God to bring mm -hmm. about salvation. So we know as that's proclaimed, people are gonna come to faith in Christ. Um, we also know that it's the Word of God that's gonna develop growth. Jesus compared the, uh, the Word to a seed, yep. and the seed already has encoded in it what the plant's gonna be. So as we uh, invest the seed into people, that will birth in them the characteristics of Christ that need to be developed in their lives. So I think the, the the more we can help people to understand God's Word, take away some of the um, fears that they have mm -hmm. of it so that they'll spend time in it on their own, the more they're going to develop in their relationship with the Lord. So, Yeah. So being a Bible teacher for 30 plus years, how have you personally seen just studying God's Word, um, not just as a communicator, uh, and developing in that, but just as a Christian and just studying God's Word for your own life, how has it benefited you? How have you grown from just studying this book for so long? Yeah. Well, I would say two things. I would say number one is that we're a Christian first. Yeah. And that so anybody that's serving in ministry, we need to understand that we're a Christian first. I think a, a, a very important principle for anybody that wants to serve the Lord to keep in mind is that, that God didn't hire us, He adopted us. Mm -hmm. and that we're a, we're a Christian before we're a pastor. And so our own relationship with the Lord is what we want to be focusing on predominantly, is our own growth. Um, what we do for the Lord is, is secondary, whether it's pastoring or, or if we have a secular vocation. Mm -hmm. Whatever we're doing for the Lord, that's secondary. Um, that being said, um, every believer needs to be in the Word, and the more we're in the Word, the more we're going to grow. Uh, when you're in the Word for uh, a vocation, then you get a whole lot extra time yeah. to get to know the Bible, and 
um, I think you know uh, that's that's benefited me in a lot of ways. So yeah, personally. So. And so, as you're sort of getting fed because of this vocation, you're studying God's word. Um, I think primarily one of the roles of a pastor, a teacher, is to feed people God's word, feed yeah. a sheep. And so, what I wanted to talk to you about is sermon prep and how we do that. Whether you're a pastor or not, whether you just are a Christian, I mean, we're to go and proclaim the gospel to all every nation, right. uh, make disciples, teach them to observe the commands. And so, just as a Christian, we need to know God's word and we need to disciple people in God's word. Um, but we're going to talk specifically about sermon um, and sermon prep. Um, communicating God's word to a group of people and so we'll just start with the the shotgun question um, but for you what is sermon prep and what is that what does that mean and what does that look like okay. I, I would say um, I have I have three main objectives okay as it relates to preparing a message objective number one is I want to accurately communicate what's in that text okay. so um, if 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 there's something that I want to say and it's not in that text, then I should choose a different text. Okay. I want to accurately present. So, so that means in my study, I want to be sure to, um, you know, to use Paul's term, rightly divide the word of truth. Mm -hmm. I want to be careful to observe what's in that text, understand what the author intended by that text, find out what's there. And then I want to accurately present that. Okay. Secondly, my goal is I want to persuade people. I want to persuade someone that doesn't know the Lord to come to the Lord. I want to persuade the believer to grow in their relationship with the Lord. And specifically, I want to persuade people to put into practice the things that we're seeing in the very text that's in front of us. Mm -hmm. So that, that, you know, there are truths in that text that are, that are specific to that text, and we want to be persuaded to live those out. And then I'd say, thirdly, um, my goal would be, in addition to accurately presenting the text, persuading people, the third thing would be to develop um, biblically literate listeners. Okay. So, what do you mean by that? Well, I, I think that if we approach the scripture in an expository way, where mm -hmm. we say, here's the text, here's what it means, um, or let me back up. Here's the text, here's what it says, here's what it means, and now here are some applications for our life. If we approach the scripture that way from the pulpit, people are learning how to read their Bible. Okay. So yep. I didn't, um, you know, I got saved. Um, I, I worked full time and I was a student um, in college. Um, I didn't have, I, I wasn't afforded the opportunity to go to a seminary or Bible college. Mm -hmm. I learned how to read my Bible listening to my pastor teach. And I learned that the text means what it says. Yep. Had my pastor um, uh, spiritualized every text, and he just jumped randomly from place to place, had he created these very elaborate sort of, um, ex um, uh, I don't know, uh, sermons mm -hmm. instead of just teaching the text, I don't think I would have learned how to read my Bible. Okay. And so I'm, my goal is for the people. I want them to get, because I'm not going home with them. On Tuesday morning, I'm not in their house. Yeah. I want them to be able to read their Bible on Tuesday morning and understand it. So when I approach the scriptures, I have those goals in mind. Okay. That's what I want to see happen. That's good. So, and so is that sort of defined as expository teaching? Because uh, you said the inductive Bible study method. Are you sort of, are you preaching expository primarily? 
Yeah, and what is expository teaching? Well, the, the idea behind um, exposition mm -hmm. is that we're, we're taking the text and we're giving the meaning of that text. Yeah. Um, I think there's a, there's a great passage in the book of Nehemiah where Ezra stands before the people. Mm -hmm. He reads distinctly from the book. Yeah. He, he um, gives the meaning and then he helps the people understand. Yeah. And so for me, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw application from that. I'm going to say we're going to read a text. We're going to explain what that text means. We're going to explain the concepts that are found in it. We're going to define the words that are not part of our normal vernacular. Yeah. We're going to see as it relates to the big picture of Scripture. And then we're going to help the people understand. We're going to draw illustration, either from within Scripture itself mm -hmm. or from personal life. Um, and then we're going to try to put something in people's hands that they can walk away with from the text. Yeah. And um, so exposition is drawing specifically from the text. It's not, it's not allegorizing a passage to make it say something then other than what it actually says. Yeah. Now that seems like a lot of work uh, to just, I mean, sometimes certain passages are easier than others. Yeah. Uh, but it does take a lot of work to study something, to understand it, then to communicate it. Yeah. What is your prep work look like? Because you're teaching twice a week every week. So how far back do you plan out messages, months, do you thematic, like how, what does that look like for you, well, the study habit? Of how do you, you know, practically like get one, the, I've, one, I've been teaching studying and uh, as a student of the Bible, the scripture for over 30 years. Yep. I've been teaching the scripture for over 30 years. So, um, so you know, you, you, you develop a better understanding of the word as you go. The Bible is never going to change. So what that text meant when I studied it last year, yeah, that text still Same means meaning. that. So, yeah. um, but I think one of the things um, early on that that I did was I didn't see myself as someone who's preparing sermons. Mm -hmm. I saw myself as someone who's learning the Bible. Okay. And I was studying the Bible long before I was teaching the Bible. Mm -hmm. So I had, you know, I would. I'd wake up early before I'd head off. I was a, an apprentice butcher. And before I went off to work, I'd wake up early, I'd open up my Bible, I'd read it. I had some commentaries that I'd purchased and yeah. I'd listen to Bible study you know, on cassette tapes back in the, when I was young and, and uh, just get to know the scripture. So when I started teaching the Bible, I'd already been studying it for, for several years or a couple of years. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so I think that that one of the things is be a student of Scripture. Yep. Be a student of Scripture. Now, That's a good word. if you're just starting out, um, I think it's wise to pick something that's manageable. Um, if if you decided that you wanted to become a runner, you're not gonna you're not gonna um, do an Ironman. Yeah. You know that's not where you start. You don't start with the Boston Marathon. You know you start running at the local 5K, and you might walk half of it. Mm -hmm. And so you, you learn, you develop. If you're going to be a mountain climber, you don't start with Everest, right? Yeah. You might walk over the bridge. And, uh, and so in the same way, take something manageable. Take something like the book of Philippians. It's manageable. It's, it's one of the books that is, um, it, while there's theology within the book, it's presented in a very, very um, practical way. Yeah. And so it's the text manageable. You can look at it and go, hey, the... The, you know, the opening prayer, you know, in, in chapter one, it breaks up into three verses, it outlines itself, and I can study this and teach this. And so I think one of the things as it relates to how 
to prepare early on is take things that are manageable. Mm -hmm. You don't have to completely understand the, the whole dietary law of the Old Testament to teach Philippians chapter 2. Exactly. So, Yeah. And so what, basically what you're saying is it probably takes you a little less prep work right now than it did 30 years ago. Well, it's different prep work. So, know, so. so how is it different as far as for you, the prep work from now you're not doing as much maybe historical or meaning, but what, what prep work do you still have to do even after teaching the Bible for 30 years? Um, well, I think, you know, A, uh, refresh on what that text is. It may have been quite some time since last time I really delved into that. Yeah. Um, two, now I, I see that text as it fits into the bigger picture of Scripture more. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's almost like you've opened a bigger can of worms. Like, <laughs> like you know, how, how does this fit into the big picture? What, you know, what is the, the idea there? And then, and then a lot of it is just, okay, like what is the, what is the truth that we're going we're gonna to draw from this for this, this group of people? Yeah. You know, that, and, uh, and there's a lot that goes into that. I would say in the, er- in the early years, I spent 99%, these are just random percentages, yeah. most of my time it's okay. You're on only being recorded, preparation so. and almost zero time on presentation. Got it. Now I can spend a little more time on presentation. So yeah. I can think through how I want to say what the text is saying because it, I've, I've maybe got a better grasp on what the text is saying. Yeah. Where before it was just every minute, free minute I had was trying to figure out what in the world this text actually said. <laughs> I totally so, get that. Right. I and, understand that. And if you're gonna, and if you're gonna fail, you you would rather fail stumbling through your presentation than fail in presenting the wrong thing. So yeah. it's, it's good to get to know that, but I think it is also important to practice your teaching, like yeah. talk through it. Okay, so let's, let's just be honest. Have you done that before? Have you gone to a mirror or in the office? Have you said your message out loud? And I, been like, I, teach, oh. I teach my messages out almost completely. Yeah, so I, like even I drive, when like, I drive around, I talk them out. I, I go for walks. I, you know, I... I you know, if I'm if I have a project that I'm doing around the house, I'm walking through the messages as I go. I can't study a text while I'm laying tile. Yes. But I can present a text while I'm doing it and realize, no, that's not really working. This needs to be highlighted more. The, you know, this the, if I if I share this, I'm going to lose the audience. So mm-hmm. how am I going to share this by and not do that? So. You know that kind of stuff I can do elsewhere. The study takes sitting down, opening the books, digging in. Yeah. Um, but you know, take you know, go for a walk, drive, yeah. speak it out. Okay. So, what about your notes, right now and before? How have they evolved? Have you always had notes? Do you still use notes? What does that look like for you? My no- my notes are. Um, uh, I, I'm a better communicator when I have very limited notes. Okay. Yep. Um, that's just my communication style. It's not that that's not um, necessarily best for someone else. But that's you probably know? why you want to talk uh, it out so you can get the big exactly. picture and see, see one know, word. I want to know exactly where I'm going. So, yeah. um, you know, my my training, you know, after um, I was on I'd been teaching for about 2 years. I was on staff for a year as an, as an intern, okay. and then I was um, I transitioned into being a Bible teacher at, at the school, 
And so I was teaching, um, I was teaching, you know, at, at its high point, I was teaching about 15 different Bible studies every week. I had um, How was that even possible? five days a week, three different classes. I was teaching Daniel, Hebrews, and Colossians in one semester and five days a week. Yeah. So that doesn't allow you to have color-coded, you know, Microsoft Word notes, you know, 12-page notes for everything. I, I had to develop a method of, of here's what the text is saying and how do I communicate that. So it actually became um, a good training. That was a training for me. Then I've done a lot of, of ministry overseas where we're training guys that don't have resources. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we put a Bible in their hand. Um, we might put a very simple um, resource in their hand, but that's all they have. These guys are, these guys live in the bush. Yeah. They're, they're not going to ever, you know, it's like, okay, I'm going to show you how to use Logos Bible software and how to, how to draw out every imperative within a verse. It's like they're never going to have those resources. So, so to communicate in a way that's transferable mm-hmm. to them, you know, I developed a, a communication style that, that allows me um, to have very limited teaching notes. The prep time for that means I spend more time, I think, with, with okay, what is it exactly that I want to say here because yeah. I don't have it directly written. Now, back up a step. When I'm preparing, I have copious notes. I, I mean, it looks like a crazy person. They're written all <laughs> upside down and sideways on paper and everything else, and I write out lots and lots of stuff because I think I process information better when, I, when I'm trying to you know, put it in a sentence. Yeah. Um, but when I'm going into the pulpit, my my notes are are limited. Yeah. Um, and and usually the more limited they are, the clearer the teaching is. Hmm. Yeah. For me, I mean, I have I have to write it out or communicate or talk it through, mm-hmm. think it through, um, and then once I have those notes, I won't say they're a crutch, but I don't necessarily need them. Yeah. I have them there with me, yeah. especially for quotes and yeah. different oh, references sure, and sure. stuff like that, but. The great thing about teaching through the Bible, expository, is a lot of the outline is right there in the text. It's right there in the text, yeah. And so you can get that verse or this verse or those cues in the text that you can look in your Bible and sort of see it. I think a a thing that's important is is A, um, uh, developing your own voice, figuring out what's best for you. Yeah, I have I have friends who have verbatim every single thing they're going to say written down. Mm-hmm. That's really good for them. If they are trying to teach like me, they're not going to they're not going to communicate at what's best for them, and vice versa. Um, so I think it's it's very important to you know learn to develop what what's best for you as a communicator. Yeah, and then I'd also say that it's important to have enough to keep you on track because. What, ha- what can happen if, for someone who doesn't have things written out is, is that we can end up on a tangent. Yep. And you want to make sure that, that, listen, if I didn't think this through very clearly before I get up there, then I found myself, I started this passage of Scripture, I ended up way out here. Mm-hmm. Not only do I not have enough time to finish the text that I've, that I've presented to the church, but I've also completely lost them on this, um, yeah. It, it, when it when it comes to illustrating a text, you, you always just want to ask: Is this going to um, enhance mm-hmm. the message, or is this going to take away from it? Um, now, sometimes you're you're in a difficult text. It's 
it's you know a little bit drier. Sometimes you throw an illustration out there that just kind of puts a breath of fresh air in the room. Like okay, you know, like all right, okay, now back to this. Yeah. But you let your people know you're doing that. Yeah. You know, so so okay, everybody gets to relax a little bit and then back into it. So now clearly you have a passion for God's word and not only teaching it but teaching other people how to uh, teach the Bible. I'm super excited uh, about these videos that you're going to be releasing and things like that. Um, why is it important for you to train other men and women just to teach God's Word to other people? Well, I, I think that's that's what the church needs. Yeah. It's, um, one of my sort of new favorite passages is in Acts 11. And uh, as in, in the book of Acts, what Luke does is he, he'll give a general statement and then he'll give particular examples of it. So he says in Acts 8, he says, they went everywhere preaching the gospel. And uh, then he, doesn't, he can't follow everyone everywhere, so he just follows a few guys. Yeah. So he follows Philip to Samaria. Then he follows, um, he follows the conversion of Saul. Then he follows Peter as he travels throughout Israel ends up ultimately at Cornelius's house. Um, and then he follows a group of unnamed guys that went to, up to Syria and went to Antioch and mm -hmm. started the church in Antioch. And so the church in Antioch, which was one of the most um, influential churches ever. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're the church that birthed the missionary endeavors. Mm -hmm. And they're, the, they're a church that existed for several hundred years. Um, a one of the one of the church fathers named Chrysostome, who was the bishop in Antioch in the fourth century, he wrote that in the in the area of Antioch that there were upwards of a hundred thousand believers. Wow! So so this church had a tremendous impact for centuries, and it was started by unnamed men. Yeah. In other words, it was started by guys who had no interest in making a name for themselves. Mm -hmm. That's not what they were doing. They were just doing what God had called them to do. And so, you know, I think the world is in desperate need of guys who are not interested in making a name for themselves. It's yeah. not, I'm not building a church, I'm not starting a ministry, I'm just doing what God has asked me to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm just communicating the truth of His Word to the unsaved and the saved alike. Yeah. And so, anything that we can do to put resources in somebody's hands to help them do that better, yeah. um, it's, worth, it's worth doing it. Yeah, that's so good. And so what, what would you tell someone that's new to teaching the Bible? Um, just a couple of encouragements or practical tips as they're prepping to tell people and exposit God's Word and just communicate that. I would say number one, keep your relationship with the Lord fresh. Mm -hmm. Number two, get plugged in to a local church where you're serving in whatever capacity, just learning how to be a servant. Yeah. Even if it's you know, setting up chairs or helping to shop for the hospitality stuff, whatever it is you can do is serve in the church. Then become a student of the Bible. Take your Bible. My approach was I, I would you know, take, a, take the Bible, mm -hmm. decide the book that I was gonna study, I would read through the whole book. Then I would go back, I'd read through the chapter, and I would, at that time, I was listening to um, Pastor Chuck's teaching. I'd mm -hmm. listen to Pastor Chuck teach that section. I had a couple of commentaries. I'd read what the commentaries were, and then I'd go back and read the text again. Yeah. I'd write notes in the margin of my Bible, and I was just, I wasn't, I wasn't preparing to go teach at a, at a youth group. I was yeah. simply getting to know that text. 
when I finished chapter one, I would do chapter two, read the text, listen to what Chuck taught, um, read through the commentaries, read the text again, and then go to the next chapter. And I did that, that was my approach from Genesis to Revelation. Yeah. Now, I didn't start, I started first with um, the, uh, the smaller epistles, uh -huh. because I know myself, I know that if I pick a big thing to start with, I'll burn myself out. You can you start so, with Jeremiah? So I start small, yeah, right? Okay, that's so good. start with start with Philippians. Start with you know I, what I, actually what I did is I start I went and just you know I didn't know my Bible at all. Yeah. And I went and I got through First Corinthians, Second Corinthians, and Galatians. Oh, that's only six chapters. I can handle that. So I did Galatians, and then I went all the way through until I got to Hebrews. Then I skipped Hebrews. Yep. And then I did all the the first and seconds, you know, James and the first and seconds. Yeah. And then when I was done with that, then it was like, okay, I guess I'll tackle Romans now. So, so I would just encourage you get to know your Bible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so along with your favorite Bible teacher, your pastor, those things, what are some commentaries that you like right now? Or I know it's hard because yeah. everyone has a voice and yeah. speaks to you, and yeah. some of you go for context, some of you go yeah. for outlines. Like, yeah, I think you know, I think it's a it's a good idea to recognize that there's there are um, uh, like a, original language. Um, commentaries, ones that are going to focus on language. Mm -hmm. There's ones that are going to focus on history, or, and there's ones that are going to focus on um, sort of being practical. Yeah. And I think it's a good idea to have all of those. Um, a great resource. Um, I, I use Olive Tree Bible app. Okay. And Olive Tree Bible app, I, I've purchased with it the. Um, the Strong's Concordance embedded in it. Uh -huh. So I open up, so let's say, you know, I open up, um, well, Philippians chapter one. So I open it up and I, I read it, I have Strong's embedded. So if I touch on the word, it's gonna give me Strong's definition. Yeah. Then I've also purchased BDAG, or what's called the little kittle. And, I've, and, <laughs> what? and what I'm able to do with that is then I can click look up the word and I can get an, an exhaustive definition of that Greek word. Okay, so so now I have original language tools right in my hands. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's super simple. Um, then you know, Wearsby has great practical commentaries. Um, William McDonald has a great practical commentary. Um, of course, you know, no no. Um, Library is complete without having Matthew Henry's commentary. Mm -hmm. um, looking, you know, the wonderful thing is that you're reading, you're reading some guy writing about the Bible hundreds of years ago, and you're realizing he's seeing the same thing in his Bible that I see in mine. Yeah, isn't that so? Doesn't that build you so much yeah, confidence? Definitely. Like I was taught, you always read commentaries after you study. So yeah. my process is, I read the chapter, and I'm writing notes like a crazy man. I handwrite them, yeah. so that way I can organize them and then start typing again. Yeah. But then after I do that, I go to a commentary to make sure I'm not a heretic. And right. be like, what, is this just yeah. me? Is, and then someone yeah. says the same point, point. you're like, this is amazing. <laughs> it's just reassuring right. for yeah. me. It's encouraging. Yeah, it's so encouraging, especially when you're new or when you're like, oh man, I don't know about this. Or, you know, honestly, half the time people are like, where'd you get that outline? I don't know, I just prayed and studied and this is what God taught me. So yeah. I just wanted to teach you that, Yeah. you know? And so um, obviously things are different now, but could you give one last word of encouragement to those that are that are in this new season of teaching the Bible? Any any just encouragement so that way they can make it to be an unknown name that's just magnifying and glorifying God in His Word. Uh, you know, because I think so many times we get. I know when I first started, and even still, uh, it's very frustrating to have revelation revealed to you, truth, 
and then not to be able to articulate it or to go too long mm-hmm. or to you know there's yeah. just so much different stuff well, like, right I mean so it's a it's a learning process we have to be we we have to um, we have to give ourselves some grace that yeah. it's a learning process um, and uh, you know that that's gonna happen um, learn from learn from your mistakes but I'd also say um, if you develop um, like I, I was asked recently if you could um, you know, if, if you could tell your younger self something that you, you know now, um, what would you tell your younger self? And you know, and I thought about it and I thought, you know, fortunately I was given some really good principles early on. And I think that I'd rather have my younger self speak to my older self and remind me never to leave those principles. And, and some of those principles are the Word of God is means what it says if you get to know what it means or I'm sorry you get to know what it says you're gonna understand what it means now it's a matter of figuring out what's the best way for you to communicate that and that's a learning process you know that in in the early years I just mimicked what I saw mm-hmm. and until I until I became comfortable with okay this is this is how I best communicate so there is a period of time. I mean, it's like my kids played baseball. It was so funny to watch their, you know, their stand in the batter's box and from game to game, how much difference their batting stance got depending upon who they were watching on ESPN that week. And until they developed their own stance, you know, how, what was their most comfortable swing. And in the same way, like we, we're going to mimic. We're we're learning from guys. We I kind of like the way he does it, and 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 we do that until we kind of develop our own voice, what we're comfortable with. Some guys can do that quickly. Other guys, it takes time. Um, but you know, we're we're in, a, we're in a learning process. That's okay. Yeah, that's right. All right. So the video just cut out, but that answer was so good. I just wanted to leave it. Let it roll. Awesome. So I appreciate uh, you, Jim, just sharing your practical truths with us and. Um, really looking forward to uh, the prep work and stuff that you are going to share in those videos. I'll make sure that I have a link uh, available. And, um, you know, just thanks so much for your friendship. Thanks so much for being faithful, a good godly example in my life. Uh, and also just being able to teach God's word for this many years, man. It's, it's very encouraging. And I still even am blessed by uh, how you've archived your messages and written down your notes and just like even listening to your Bible teaching. It's a blessing. You know, it's timeless stuff. It is, I, don't, I don't even know when these things are recorded. It could be 15 years ago, <laughs> last week, who knows? Uh, but I love that for you, it's not just Bible teaching. A lot of this sermon prep in this video, I, what I picked up was, is that it's really a life. Yeah. You're prepping. It's not just 10 hours a week. It's who you are, be a Christian. God adopted you. He didn't just hire you. And as you experience that love of Jesus through his word and get to know that reality of truth, you just want to share that with other people. And so, um, thanks for having a life worthy to teach the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's awesome to be here. Keep up, keep up what you're doing. Yeah. Appreciate it. Blessings. Man, I love this podcast to be able to talk about some important things that not a lot of people may think about or even realize like pastors work more than just a Sunday. Uh, It takes a lot of work to prep Bible studies, to do things, hospital visits, phone calls, uh, leadership dynamics, communication. There's just so many behind the scenes things, uh, behind the scene things happening all the time that uh, I think 
Um, once you get into ministry, full-time vocational ministry, uh, you realize, wow, it takes a lot of work. And uh, I just want to encourage you. I know it takes a lot of work. I know that sometimes ministry could be hard. Um, but God uh, loves when we worship Him with our work. And whether that be working a full-time job uh, in business or being a stay-at-home mom uh, in vocational getting paid to study the Bible, whatever it may be, working at a church, um, God loves when we just worship Him through work. And so whatever the work that you've called to, many of you, like myself, are probably bivocational. Uh, you do other things besides just working at a church. You work uh, hard to have a great marriage, uh, have a great family, have friends, um, to provide for your family. Man, just let's make sure that we understand just because the world doesn't see it or people may not recognize it, we can offer these things um, as work. And, and oftentimes people forget that. We know as church leaders, ministry is hard. Serving is hard. Dying to the flesh. The Bible says, though, unless you put a seed into the ground, it dies. It cannot bear fruit. And that's a good picture of our lives where in ministry, we're the first leaders to serve, to die to our flesh, to walk in the ways of Jesus. And that's going to include pain and a process that maybe no one um, is able to see besides you and the Lord. And I just want to encourage you, know that you're doing things for the Lord. Uh, he will uh, reward you. And so every month I try to recommend a book to encourage you, to equip you, to do these things that um, I think that readers, uh, leaders really do have an important role to, to read and to learn from others. Um, and this month's book is... Um, well, it's, it's a great one. It's called Leadership Pain. I have it right here. It's by Samuel Chan, and it's the subtitle, The Classroom for Growth. And I just love uh, this book because it's full of testimonies of other ministry leaders going through pain and just basically saying it's a part of the process. If you're in ministry, you're going to deal with people, and when there's people, there's problems, and when there's problems, there's going to be some pain. But God uses these things to stretch us, to grow us. Uh, it's a classroom for growth. And He's still sovereign, He's still good, He still loves us, even when it takes a lot of work. And so there are a lot of uh, quotes that I could quote you from, uh, quote from this book. I usually try to give you a little feel for the book, but this is on page 144, and it's just a little paragraph that I thought, man, this would be a really encouraging thing to help you, because oftentimes our perspective change when we know other people are going through it. Uh, we were surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. As you know from this episode, last week I couldn't get meet my deadline and get an episode out because there was just so much stuff going on. And the, the goal of ministry is not to be perfect. The goal of ministry is to uh, point to the perfect one, Jesus, and worship Him. And so whatever pain, whatever process you're going through maturity, man, let's stay focused on the Lord. And so um, page 144, it says, From the divine perspective, we can draw a number of important conclusions to help us endure. One, God never abandons us, even when we can't sense His presence. Two, our faith and character are developed most powerfully in times of adversity. Three, God sometimes delivers us from pain, but more often He delivers us through it. Four, when we trust God in difficult times, our stumbling blocks become stepping stones of growth. Number five, when we face our deepest fears, our faith grows because we find God to be faithful. Amen. Six, when doubts clout our minds, it's time to refocus on God's grace, greatness, and wisdom. And finally, he says in seven, just a couple of points for you. We may not like the path God has chosen for us, but we need to humbly accept pain as part of his plan. And just because you're going through a process of maturity or pain or stretching, a season of stretching, does not mean that God has left us nor forsaken us. 
Uh, and I wanted to share this book with you, the book of the month, uh, on this episode because many times a lot of people with sermons, they just think of the end result, the communication, uh, the end of the message, great job, pastor, or whatever it may be. But there's a lot of process to going into each message and to become a great communicator and take some work, and that's okay. The Bible tells us to not grow weary in doing good, that it is a process. Um, and so just want to encourage you with that. And I thought to go along with the sermon prep, I'd also share uh, one piece of advice from Pastor Will Torres. Will Torres is planning a church in Boynton Beach, Florida, which is the next city over, uh, two miles away. It's right next, uh, next to where I live. Um, and Will, we had the honor to be able to uh, be a part of his process, uh, be a part of his journey as he, uh, this last year, had a church planning residency at Redemption Church in Delray Beach, where we wanted to support him, to help him grow, mature. Uh, and he's just full of humility to come in, to just learn, have a, 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 um, a posture of uh, just humility and love and learning and growing. And he did so good. We're so proud of him. We're praying that God would do a special work in Boynton Beach. Uh, this last year, I know, was a painful process for him. Not the residency at our church, but he actually went back to school, got his master's uh, at church, with a concentration in church planning, which was really hard for him. It took a lot of work, but we're super proud for him. He was able to graduate. And so, Will, if you're listening, I'm proud of you. I love you, man. It's so encouraging to serve Jesus with you. And so I thought it'd be a really cool thing because uh, people are going to see um, him step out, hopefully in the, this fall. God do a great work, save some people, birth a church as he leads with his wife, Kristen. Uh, but I was blessed to be able to journey with him through the hard work, through the process. And man, I could just testify, he is a great witness. When you humble yourself, the Lord pours out his grace upon you. And so uh, we're praying grace continue to pour out upon him as he plants this church. And this is his one piece of advice on healthy impact, having the right perspective in ministry. Too often we go to things of this world for what is success and what is not, but doing the things God's called you to do in his measurements is super important. And so here is his one piece of advice. You're listening to One Piece of Advice, brought to you by eeleaders.com, a ministry to encourage and equip church leaders. Hi, my name is Will Torres. And I'm planting Proclaim Church here in Boynton Beach, Florida. And my one piece of advice for you today is to focus on healthy impact rather than worldly success. Let me unpack that for you for a second. A lot of times I think within the church planting and pastoring field, we can go ahead and get sidetracked by looking at outward measures by how many people are coming to our church, how many people are listening or watching us on, on our podcast or on Facebook Live, and we can lose sight on what is true success within ministry. You know, it's not about the numbers, it's not about the programs, a newfangled idea. Success, um, sorry, healthy impact within ministry is changed lives, is discipling people, equipping them and, and helping them to mature in Jesus Christ. How do we go ahead and do that? Well, it's by having healthy impact in their lives. If we go ahead and look at Paul's example within the New Testament, in 2 Timothy 2, chapter, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, it says, he's talking to Timothy. He says, hey, Timothy, what I taught you in front of others, take that and teach to faithful men so that they can teach to others also. We see there a four-generational gap. 
taking time to go ahead and teach others and sow into their lives so that that way they can go ahead and sow into other people's life. That's making healthy impact. And if we don't, if we can not lose sight on what healthy impact looks in the church, then we can go ahead and truly be successful according to God's measure and not the world's measures. I hope you can go ahead and apply this to your own life and um, make a healthy impact wherever you're doing ministry throughout the world. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode about sermon prep. And remember, make sure to check out that resource. I'll put the show notes, uh, the link in the show notes so you can get some more messages from Jim as he uh, will help you just working behind the scenes. And, and what an important lesson and encouragement for at least me to, to hear other people go through pain. Other people, it takes time to mature and grow. Uh, we need to look to our success for what the Lord says is success and not what the world says. And so, um, man, next week, Lord willing, I'll be back at it again, and I'm actually going to do the lesson. Not only do we want to preach uh, the Bible, but we actually need to learn it for ourselves. And so we've been on like a little mini-series the last couple episodes. we got to preach the, the gospel to ourselves. Uh, we got to learn how to prep and do the hard work. But we have to just be students of God's Word. And so I'm going to give you a little tool, called, um, just an inductive Bible study that's helped me, that we're to read, reflect, and respond to God's Word. And hopefully uh, you know this method, but you can also start applying it immediately and teaching that method to other people. I found it's really easy to learn, easy to do, and hopefully will help you to be better students of God's Word. And so until next time, know I'm praying for you. Thanks so much for listening, and uh, may God continue to bless you. When everyone doesn't see the work, He is there with you, and it's a joy to serve Him together. God bless. Thank you so much for listening to this Leadership Lessons podcast. You can watch all the episodes and get all the show notes at eeleaders.com. If this podcast was a blessing to you, I would love for you to share it with your friends on social media. You can find us on social media at eeleaders. You can also help us spread the word by simply writing a review on iTunes or Google Play. My hope for you with this podcast is that it will encourage you and equip you to continue to serve Jesus. Because remember, there's nothing better than doing what God has called you to do.